Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Surviving Motherhood with Chris and Rachel. We're talking about all things parenting. The mishaps, the struggles, and maybe even some motivation. Grab your coffee. Or wine. And join us for some real talk. motherhood podcast it's time for another episode hope you're having a good monday i'm here with chris hey guys and we have a very special guest today and i call her dr jill i don't (laughs) i don't know if she wants to go by first name only but um it's actually chris's baby doctor so how many doctor or how many doctors (laughs) how many babies has she delivered for you chris she delivered my last three so she hung with me through all three. <laughs> oh, goodness. How are you doing tonight, Jill? I'm good. I'm good. My voice sounds like I'm not, but I really don't feel bad. I just sound bad. <laughs> just a little raspy. Just yeah. Just adding a little spice to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so how many kiddos do you have? I have three. Caden um, is 12. He's my stepson, but he lives with us full time. Um, he has for about the past three or four years. And then Ella is four. She'll be five in January. And George is two. Oh, my gosh. They're getting so big. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. But when I I had my second, Jill didn't have any kids yet. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Yes. Remember that? Because, like, when I – this is probably way TMI, but, like, I got constipated during pregnancy. And I'm like, no, Jill, I'm dying. I do remember that. (laughs) Yes. And then when she got pregnant, she's like, okay, I get it. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, everything became more like, oh, I get why people call our office (laughs) for that now. Um, Yes. After I had a baby. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it's everything seems adds a layer of realness to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or like yourself. When people want bed rest, I'm like, oh, yeah, girl. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. That's hilarious. My doctor asked me because it was my first I was still teaching. She was like, do you need me to like write you a note for work? Do you need to be done? Because I was like having one of those crying in the office. Oh, what do you mean one of those? (laughs) I only had one. Wow. Oh, poor Jill. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, it was. That's impressive. Yeah. I had an induction scheduled and then they told me that um, they had to move it or that the beds were full. They didn't actually schedule it. Oh, no. So I sat there Mm -hmm. and bawled my eyes out. I had had an expiration date. Like in my head, I was done after Thursday. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, well, I think we'll have to move it till next Monday. And in logical terms, that's a couple days and that's no big deal. But in pregnancy terms, I thought I was going to be pregnant for 10 more years. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that... I'm like, like, I seriously, something's wrong with me because I hit like 32 weeks and I don't actually want them out because like I know I've had a NICU baby. So I feel like it's, it's it's definitely 32. (laughs) Maybe I don't, maybe I don't hit Dr. Jennings up until 36, (laughs) but I'm ready. I'm like, (laughs) I I get it at 32. She starts texting me like, Hey guys, I'm going to have to be done. And we're like, no, you can't. Well, I can't carry this baby for you. Sorry. If it makes y'all feel any better, I had a breakdown at like 36 weeks and asked my partner was taking care of me. And I was like, can you please? And he was like, are you crazy? You know that you can't do this. <laughs> you know what happens. Yes. And I was like, no, we can just lie about my due date. It's fine. So <laughs> please, I have totally done the same thing. Everything hurts yeah. at that point. And yes, you're and just you can't done. sleep. 
and no, no. that was the worst yes and uh. you can't you really i really think which i i think something's wrong with me i get like super crazy at the end of pregnancy <laughs> but honestly like you can't think logically you no. know what I mean? Like, you're just like, it doesn't matter what anyone says to me right now. If this baby lives inside of me for one more minute, <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Yeah. Well, well I and you had a lot of other feeling. stuff, too. Like, let's yes. get a kidney stone Kidneys. at the end of yes. my pregnancy. Because that's perfect timing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Thank you for sticking one. up for me. I appreciate no, that. Yeah. I mean, kidney stone by itself is probably pretty miserable. I've never had one, but it seems miserable. And then oh, pregnant yeah. on top of that. I mean, no. Mm-mm. I would rather deliver 17 more babies than have another kid. You could. Honestly. You could be the Duggar. We could be famous here. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and start popping them out. It's good for everybody's career. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, of course my OBGYN says that. Yeah, you're a photographer, your family photographer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this, the odds are against me here. Yeah, just, just go for it, girl. <laughs> okay, Jill, so how long have you been um, an OBGYN? Um, I finished medical school in 2007 and then I did my residency in Oklahoma. I'm from Arkansas, but I went to Oklahoma and did my residency over there for four years and I moved back here in 2011. So. Gotcha. So you're coming up getting close to 10 years. Yeah. That's nuts just yeah. in itself too. Cause I feel like I was in residency like yesterday. But yes, that's funny. Yeah. So what made what made you want to go into women's health care? Uh, people ask me this all the time. Like usually while I'm doing their pap smear, I'm like sitting between their legs <laughs> and they're like, well, why would you want to do this? It's so weird. And I'm like, well, it's not because I love doing pap smears because I mean, that's not definitely not like the most fun part of our job. But I mean, delivering babies not. is awesome. <laughs> and oh, yeah. taking care of women is awesome. And you know, I don't have to take care of really sick people usually. I mean, our patients are young and for the most part pretty healthy. You know, I mean, if they're having surgery, right. it's usually like the first or second surgery they've had. They're not 75 years old with heart disease. And, you know, I mean, right, right. Um, so most of our stuff is elective. It's not emergent kind of stuff. And, and I never have to take care of old men, which that sounds oh, so terrible, but I just, Mm-mm, I get it. I, I mean, every time in medical school, I would try to take care of an old man. They'd be like, "Oh, you're such a cute little nurse. You're so sweet." Uh, and I'm like, "I'm a doctor." No. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't like jive well um, with that. I just don't think that that generation really views me as like this, you know, serious. Yeah. So yeah. But for me, that just was not a good fit. Like in medical school, I was like, how can I not have to do that? And so obviously just eliminate that whole sector of the population by, you know, and then I, I was not, I wanted to be good at pediatrics because I thought it would be fun, but I am an only child. So I didn't have a lot of brothers and sisters. So I really didn't know like a ton about kids and and how many kids and I did my pediatrics rotation and I was like oh no this is not gonna happen (laughs) so it just kind of like by process of elimination you know I really like operating but I'm not a general surgeon like in personality at all um I really like women I really I like the variety of what we do we have a little bit of clinic a little bit of surgery labor and delivery. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not, you're not in clinic all day, every day, like a family practice doctor would be. And I, I just could not do that. So. Yeah. Best of both worlds. Yeah. And no old men. And no old men. I know that's so mean. Love. No, no. There are lots of old men in my life. Totally. I love, but (laughs) I do not want to be there. Being young and cute and blonde probably did not help your case with the geriatric crowd. <laughs> no, they all definitely thought I was like, maybe not even the nurse, like the nurse's aide or something. Oh, <laughs> oh that is so funny. Um, so how, so should we be getting exams, gynecological exams yearly or what, what's the frequency? How often should we be seeing our gynecologist as women? Well, we still want you to see us every year. I don't know. A lot of people are starting to kind of know this when they come see me now that um, pap smear guidelines have changed. So 
typically people, yeah typically <laughs> people have think that when they come see us they're coming to see us because they're getting their pap smear or like you know and that's the only reason we refill their birth control we give them their pap smear and you know they go on but and so pap smear guidelines have changed where they don't have to come but every three years now and so a lot of people are like, sweet, I don't have to see you for three years. But I mean, we still need to see you every year because we still need to do a breast exam. Most family practice doctors are not really into doing breast exams. Yeah, if I've they never are, had that. Fine. I've never had yeah. a family. Doctor. I mean, if they are, that's fine. But like somebody needs to be doing that every year. And, you know, we, we just still do a pelvic exam. Like we still look at your cervix. If anything look concerning, we definitely could do a pap. But just as a routine screening sort of thing, insurance actually does not pay except for every three years. And so if we don't have anything to code it as like it's an abnormality or whatever, then it won't be paid for. But every three years. And that has a lot to do with like HPV screening that we've added in and all of this. It's very legit. People think it's like just so insurance companies can save money. But there is a lot of legitimate like science behind it. And it was a a recommendation that came out of the Cervical Cancer Society. So it's not something insurance companies made up at all. And so it has to do with just what we know about cervical cancer and like how we're going to catch it. Really, you don't need a pop every single year. Okay. Well, but we should still be getting our exams. You still should be getting your exams. And you definitely still should be getting like breast exam, pelvic exam. But that's what confuses people too. They think every time they get a pelvic exam, that they had a pap, but that's not always true. A pap is just like that scraping up your cervix. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just like us looking. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't have to talk about it in de- detail. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I think those hurt worse almost than labor. Which, yeah, they're the worst. Disclaimer, I get epidurals every time. So, I mean, I can't really say. Get but. you an epidural for your next pap smear. <laughs> you think if they did that? that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Oh, that's funny. So how often should we be doing self-breast exams? And then when should we start mammograms? Well, I feel like all these answers are kind of hard if you just, because every organization says something different, like all the Breast Cancer Society and just the Cancer Society and then you go OBGYN Society, all these societies, World Health Organization, whatever, wants to give their opinion. But I'm just going to tell you like what, we think as OBGYN society people. So it is true. If somebody went and like Googled this, they may find different answers. But what we think is that you should do self breast exams every month. So a lot of people said, well, if you do that, you're going to like find stuff that's not really anything. And then you're going to make an unnecessary doctor's appointment and they might order unnecessary imaging on you. And, you know, you just go down this road of like unnecessary things. But our thought on that is, that we want you to be familiar with your own anatomy and your own breast exam. That way you will know if something changes because we're going to do a breast exam on you once a year. And so breasts always feel lumpy. They're glands. They always feel lumpy. So we want you to notice if something is different and we want you to come get it checked out. And I mean, in my opinion, if you have to get a mammogram or an ultrasound and it turns out to be nothing, that's so great. You know, that's I a mean, blessing. right. Right. So mm-hmm. that's sort of our opinion on it is that we want you to do this every month. Just so you're familiar with that. They're always going to feel lumpy. What would be concerning is like something hard, like a BB or a pea or a marble or something. Um, oh, so okay. I always tell people like lumpy mashed potatoes is normal, but like a hard <laughs> pea in there is not normal. So keep your okay. food separate. Yes. <laughs> oh, how funny. Uh, I, I mean, I, that's a way to make it funny at least. But I, know. Um, I mean, it's like, I have to make this relevant to people, but no, I totally get yeah. it. Yeah. And then mammograms, you're supposed to start those at 40. We think again, there's a bunch of different opinions about 40 or 50. And then we think it's 40 and we think it's every year at 40. So unless okay. you have a family history, so If you're like mom, grandmother, sister, so close relative was diagnosed, you're supposed to start 10 years before them. So like if they were diagnosed at 45, you would start at 35. So it's 40 or 10 years, but most people are not going to be diagnosed less than 50. And so they're going to hit 40 before they would hit that 10 year thing. So yeah. 
I feel like I should know a lot of this, but I don't. So well, and I'm, it's all I'm being like, educated in the process. Well, it's all like stuff you think is the short answer. Like when I was looking over these questions beforehand, I was like, oh, 40. But then you're like, wait a minute. Like everybody says different things. So it's what should be a really simple answer. Unfortunately, these days has turned into a long answer by everybody's recommendations being different. Mm -hmm. And that's why patients yes. are all confused. Honestly, I get it, you know. Yeah, well, and it's like you get to the doctor and, and let, nobody wants to be, well, I mean, I'm sure, no offense, I'm sure there's somebody that wants to be this person, but that like gets out a sheet of paper and is like, okay, I need to ask this and this and this and this. Yeah, no, there's a lot of people that so, want to be that person. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I would always try to like keep it casual, person. but like, hey, while you're rubbing my boobs, my question is, <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> so you just forget so it's like I think this will be good information for people to be able to like refer back to. yeah yeah definitely yeah so what question do you feel like pregnant women ask the most what is your number one question that you get <laughs> um I mean that's really hard like I feel like it's different at each point in pregnancy um well then what's the what's one of the funnier ones <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, I feel like people always, like at the end, especially, I mean, usually by the time somebody's having their like second, third, or for sure, like fourth baby, they're like, whatever. They don't really have any questions, you know, mm -hmm. but it's the first time moms that are always, and they'll say stuff like, I'm just not sure that I'm going to know when I'm contracting. And it's like, yeah, you're going to know. Or they're like, well, I know if my water breaks. I mean, I feel like everybody says that and it's like, yeah, yeah you're going to, I mean, you're, you're going to notice if stuff's, you know, running out. So I, um, with my second one, I was like dilated to a four, basically walking around almost in active labor for like three weeks. <laughs> and so, um, I was convinced that my water was finally going to break, like, like something was finally going to happen. So I... <laughs> I bought uh, toilet paper randomly at Dollar General, just grabbed some because we were out. And I had heard that um, amniotic fluid smelled sweet. So I oh, had wiped <laughs> after going to the bathroom and I was like smelling this over like overwhelming sweet scent. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is it. Like I've been thinking I've been licking myself, which I was doing, but <laughs> and that was actually my water breaking. I'm like, oh my God. And then I like took a minute to gather myself and I was like, that kind of smells almost like perfume though. Um, I had accidentally bought lavender scented oh. toilet paper. Oh my God. So, That's so funny. <laughs> That's yeah. awful. So yeah, I always, I, like with my fourth, there fourth the fourth baby I went in thinking I was in labor and I was not in labor <laughs> which in my defense my kidneys were so blocked that it was causing like extreme pain <laughs> but fourth baby and I still was like is this labor <laughs> it has to be labor I was so scared to go to the hospital when I thought I was in labor because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, when I was delivering at the hospital that I practice at. And so uh, it was like, everyone knows, I know yeah. all these nurses, I'm going to walk in there, tell them I'm in labor and they're going to be like, um, yeah, no Dr. Jennings, you're not in labor. And I was so scared. I walked around my house, like literally all night. I didn't sleep. I walked up and down the stairs, like trying to, I was like, maybe my water, I wanted my water to break so bad so that it would be like, yes, okay, I'm just then you fine. know, definitively. Yeah. Yes. But it never did. And finally I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. I don't care if I'm not in labor. They've got to do something for me. I just became like <laughs> completely irrational. And I woke my husband up yep. and I was like, we have to go. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm going to kill you. What do you mean? Am I sure? This is my job. <laughs> I'm a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he was so annoyed with me because he had to get up in the middle of the night. And then I wasn't really like, I mean, I was in very early labor. They didn't make me go home. They sort of kept me anyway. But I mean... I'm not going to lie. I have sent people home. I was three centimeters. I have sent people home three centimeters. It's hard for me to do that I think, anymore. I think I've been one of those people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to do that now that I'm like, I've been three centimeters and that really did hurt, you know, but yeah. Yes. Well, and it's so funny because I like kind of would like learn the rules and I'm like, okay, Rachel, 
<laughs> uh, I don't think my I'm gonna my contractions are not far enough apart. But if I'm at a four, I think they'll keep right, me. So exactly. Like, like, how do I know? If I'm at, so it's like I've laid there, like, okay, please, Jesus, just let this be a four, please. I say I, I was gonna be like eight, and they were like, "You're three. I was like three. <laughs> Listen, I can remember one time I went, this was with Beckett. So this was the first one that you delivered for me. And, but it was my second kid. And so I went to the hospital one night and they said I was a three. And then I went to your office the next day. Like it was like my scheduled appointment. And you're like, oh, they're being generous. I think you're a two. I was like, do you want to be murdered? (laughs) Like you Um, cannot demote me right now, please. Oh, I was at that appointment. I drove you. I remember. Yes. Oh, no. It was, it was that was before you had kids. Yes, so. I didn't have kids yet, so I didn't know. Yes. Yeah. You didn't yes. know the emotional connection she had to that three. Right. Yeah, now I get it. Oh, yeah, that is hilarious. See, I was, I was awful. I would not, I didn't go to the hospital early with either of mine because I was so terrified of my mental state if someone sent me home. So, like, I think I could have gone in and be, been kept, like, two or three times with the last baby, but I was just like, uh-uh, what if it's not real? If they send me home, I'm not going <laughs> to survive not, it. She would drive me crazy because she's like, okay, my contractions are two minutes apart and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, go, but she wouldn't do it. And then what did he weigh, Rachel? He was 39 weeks. Well, I don't, okay, but say matter? what he weighed. We need to know. <laughs> Nine pounds, 10 ounces. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he was thir- I bake big babies, and there's literally nothing I could do about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my daughter crazy. was. My daughter was eight and a half pounds at 40 weeks, and he was nine, nine pounds, 10 ounces at 39 weeks. Whoa. Yeah. So are you going to have yeah, more? But she, your next no, gonna, mm-mm, done. You mm-mm. need to break the 10-pound mark. Just nope. To, no. Mm-mm, <laughs> nope. Just, just to say you did yeah. No. No desire. Zero. But I was in very active labor when I finally went in with him. I was supposed to be in, I was supposed to go in at like 4 to be induced. And um, at like 1.30 in the morning, I was like, no, Brent, I don't care. They're certainly going to keep me if I don't have to be here for a couple more hours. Like, we're going in. And I was like at a 6. So I was like, okay, oh, sweet. Wow. <laughs> but that was the one I was in a four for weeks. Yeah. So, you know, I, my body was just like, hey, God, he, this is a giant baby. And I'm like, but what if my doctor's not there? <laughs> my word. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of more, how long, wh- what's the best, I guess, time to wait in between pregnancies to just give your body time to heal? Or what, what's the recommendation there? Are you asking because you want another one? <laughs> hey, listen, these are, if I had another one right now, I think they'd be my most spaced out. So I've waited longer than I normally do. Okay. I seriously had the thought tonight of like, Chris is going to tell me right here on this podcast. This is how she's going to announce it to me that she's having another baby. <laughs> I had no, I'm not, like, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. No, um, we always kind of, I mean, and you could probably get a bunch of different answers for this too, but I think the most generally accepted is, a you know, about a year like before you delivered another baby. So, I mean, ideally oh, okay. before you got pregnant, like especially after a C-section. But, mm-hmm. I mean, for vaginal deliveries, it's probably doesn't have to be quite that long. But, I mean, we do know like short interval pregnancies, like when people get pregnant really close together, you're more likely mm-hmm. to have a preterm delivery with the second one or the, the one that you got pregnant, you know, close with. But, um, yeah, I think a year is just a good idea for, just for multiple reasons. A year. Yeah. Yeah. For your sanity is <laughs> number one reason. Yeah. yeah. My, so, I think my closest two are 17 months apart. That's, I mean, that's close. My kids are, my closest are 26 months. And that's, I mean, that's close. 17 that's my, crazy My close. furthest aren't even, yeah, my furthest aren't even. 20, well, they might be 26 months. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> no, yeah. they're under. They're under because they're under two years so. apart. That's crazy. No, they're, yeah. they're not under two years. No, call your turn two in April and Lincoln was born in oh, August. Oh, okay. So they're however many, however many that your is. Your first two were the closest together. Yep, Griffin and Beckett. And they were planned that way, which Gr- Beckett was early. And Griffin gave you a false sense of... Um, security, security in mm-hmm. your whole parenting thing because he was your easy baby. And then Wreck-It Beckett came along. <laughs> Which I have his junior now living at my house and that's 
<laughs> that uh, old ten pounder. <laughs> yeah, he he threw a plastic bowl, like a mixing bowl, across the room yesterday and broke it. A plastic mixing bowl. I'm like, you oh. are definitely your your cousin's cousin, <laughs> or however <laughs> that relation works. My goodness, I'm like, how did you even break that? And he it's looks at me and goes. Funny. Uh oh, I'm like, yeah, child. Uh, he's the worst. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So, what are most pregnant women embarrassed about that they really shouldn't be? I like. It. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Every bodily function that happens <laughs> when you're pregnant. I mean, like, I feel like there's no organ system not affected. And I don't know, like, like Chris was talking about, they're all constipated no one has time to shave or cares or can see over their belly. No one's gotten a pedicure. I mean, they're always apologizing for like random stuff like that. And <laughs> I just don't care about any of that because I didn't shave or paint my toenails or any of that when I was pregnant either. So yeah, it just yeah. none of that ever matters. And I mean, all of the bodily functions that happening, like when you're pushing and having a baby also seriously no OBGYN cares about any of that stuff because we just all know that it's just part of the deal um and like from an anatomy standpoint there's almost no way that it can't happen sometimes so <laughs> yeah just logically how everything's like lined up yeah and what muscles I mean, you're it's, using it's it's okay <laughs> well, that's good to know. Very good to know. That's reassuring. I didn't ask or um, try to pay attention to any of that. And that's usually like, the best to way to go. Like, let's. And if people do ask, I always just am like, oh no. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Well, because why do you why do you really need to think about that? There's if right. your baby's already there, it doesn't matter. Or you know, if yeah. your baby, you have to get the baby out. So just focus on the baby. All the other stuff. Bleh. And when I think <laughs> back on that, I'm like, I didn't even care if I did or didn't. No, I don't even care. Uh -uh. No, I um, had shoulder. My ba both my babies had shoulder dystocia because you know they were giant. They were huge, yeah. <laughs> so um, they both came out, no injuries, no nothing. But they both obviously got stuck a little bit at that point. And there was with my daughter, there was a point in the pushing where I sat up and I was like, "You have to get her out now. Like I'm done. Like this is this is too much. I've done my best. <laughs> like she has to get out." And my husband looked at me like. Uh, and I'm, I must have been so deadly serious because he looked at me scared and, he's, <laughs> and I'm not very scary. Um, so, um, it must've been a moment. Cause I was like, I, I she could have told me that I had to do 10 backflips and I probably would have done them at that point because I was like, she has to come out. I'm done. So right. I couldn't have cared less about any bodily function at that right. point. I mean, just whatever has got to happen here. Yeah. I know. Yes. This next question is probably going to be hilarious to you coming from me. But what is your best tip for pregnant women asking for a friend that do not enjoy being pregnant? Yeah. I, um, when I was looking over these, I was like, I don't really know because I have a lot of patients like you that they're okay at the beginning and like, it's fun. Like, Oh, I'm feeling the baby move around. This is so cool. And then somewhere around like 32, 34 weeks, it's like somebody slams on the brakes and they're like, Whoa, like this yes. is awful. I'm peeing 14 times a night. I can't sleep. <laughs> like I'm, I'm hurting. My back hurts. I, I can't do this. And 
I mean, I feel like it's really hard to like somehow convince them of like, it's going to be worth it. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I mean, none of that works or like, remember how hard it'll be people that tried for like two years to get pregnant. They finally get pregnant and then they're like miserable every moment. Miserable. And I'm like, well, I'm really glad to know that no. because there, there are times where I'm like, okay, I literally prayed for this baby yeah. and then I just cannot make myself. Or like these poor women give that a crap. are growing up their whole, like, I mean, some people, their whole pregnancy, but a lot of women, their first trimester and they're like, I mean, I've had girls before say to me, I just don't even know if I can, can do this anymore. Like, I know. And I can't imagine. It's like they're serious. Like. Up. I can't do this. I mean, and it's I like I'm thinking you have to, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Honestly, mine is like, like I'm so physically uncomfortable at the end, but also I, it's like almost like a mental depression. I just get like this claustrophobic trapped. I literally cannot do this anymore and no one can help me. And I'm like right. going to die. Right. Well, and I mean, I guess the best thing I have to offer people is like, listen, I know it's miserable. Like I've been there, maybe not as bad as you, but like it, this will end. This does have an end point. I mean, like, I feel like I can't say like, remember how bad you wanted this? Now suck it up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, don't do that. It's like, that's what you want to say, but like, obviously that's not going to work. But I mean, most of yes. the time you're like, it feel sorry for him, you know, and yeah. just kind of try to. Yeah encourage it's like you're their cheerleader like you could do it mm-hmm. yes that's I think for me like I can remember one time at one of my appointments which we've been through a lot now because like the last four weeks of all three pregnancies have been like me crying at your doorstep basically but I can remember <laughs> one appointment you're like Chris like this really sucks and I know that it really sucks <laughs> And I wish there was something I could do for you. And I was like, okay, thanks. I think that was the one with Collier, wasn't it? When you had the bad kidney stones and you had to be on bed rest? Yes, I had to be on bed rest, remember, for two straight weeks. And it was like... And then we could finally, if if I was still miserable, it was safe enough to take him out. But I'm just like... This is so I miserable. do remember, like, with you, I was like, okay, we, I was, like, plotting with you, like, we have to figure yes. out a way out of this. Because, <laughs> is Collier the one you had surgery the next day? Or was that Lincoln? Yes. Okay, No, Collier. that was Collier. The next day, I had lithotripsy. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Little... And, like, your mom and Zach were both like, please help us. <laughs> help us all. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that that was awful because it like after I had him, they had just decided there was no nursery at the hospital. Oh yeah, and so I'm like, can y'all take him for the night? Because like I'm having surgery They're in like, the morning, no. and he's the third kid. And they were like, no, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Are y'all serious? They're like, well, do you think you're gonna hurt him? I was like, well, no, I don't want you to take him forever. <laughs> oh just gosh, tonight. you're like, I might tonight. Can can you just take him tonight? <laughs> exactly, because oh. you had been like so miserable for at least three solid weeks I think before he was born with the stone and the baby all the pictures leading up to his birth are like I couldn't even muster a smile (laughs) you look half dead a little bit (laughs) just a little though (laughs) that was a rough one that was maybe this next one is just gonna be your it's gonna be a girl and it's gonna be your most fantastic pregnancy ever yeah, when we get off this podcast, I'm going to need tips for how to get a girl, okay? <laughs> oh, just order one right up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, so now that we've talked about how to get through the pregnancy, do you have any specific signs or symptoms to watch for to recognize postpartum depression or anxiety that needs um, some intervention? Yeah, I mean, I think the hard part, and you'll know, I mean, the first two weeks is like, I mean, just all bets are off. Like, I mean, and that's just like biologic at that point. Like your hormones are so crazy. Like nobody can help it. Everybody feels out of control. Everyone's crying all the time. Like, I just think you have to like cut yourself some slack, give yourself some grace in those first two weeks, take all the help anyone will offer you and just survive, (laughs) you know? But I didn't know about that when I had my first, like I was, I had 
like kind of had bad PMS emotionally before that. And when I was pregnant, I was like totally chill, like very middle of the line, no high emotions. And then after I had her. Like made me look bad. Oh, after I had her, I thought, I I was like, well, this is it. I'm obviously, I need to be checked in. So like, I didn't know the baby blues were a thing, like those first two weeks. And I was like, I'm not going to recover from this. And my husband kept asking me while I was crying. And I was like, like, I don't know. Ask me that one more time. Like, oh, (laughs) But then yeah. I Googled it, and apparently I'm okay. I was okay. <laughs> yeah. I sat She's in the floor now, in so you made my, it. my entryway of my, the, not the house we live in now. We lived in a different house. But I remember, like, sitting in the entryway and, like, begging my husband not to leave. Like, please don't leave me here. Don't leave me here. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean. Was, I can't do this. I mean, it was insane. Like, I mean, our, what you, is. You really feel so out of like, control. Like, what is wrong and, with you? Get oh. up off the floor. Like. I mean, and when I look back on it now, it's just like, who is that crazy girl? But I mean, it was like for real at that moment. Yes. But, but yeah. So the first two weeks, it's like, I feel like that you can't, you can't, you know, talk to somebody on postpartum day four and be like, no, yeah, she's got postpartum depression. Cause I mean, I feel like you would say that with every single person, but Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of after that two weeks, I mean, things should be kind of steadily getting better. You should be wanting to bond with your baby and kind of figure out, you know, how they like things and how to do things a little bit better. It's these people that have like more almost like resentment. Like they don't really want to bond with their baby. They don't really like their baby's crying. They want to like walk in the other room. I mean, those are all real big red flags. I mean, at some point Mm -hmm. you all hear a baby cry for four hours straight when they're colicky and you all want to walk in the other room, but you know, it's like if those feelings are not kind of getting better and you're not learning to cope with things a little bit better and they're just like continuing to get worse or if they're going on at week three, four, you know, or sometimes postpartum depression may not kick in until three months after. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, really, yeah, it's just, I mean, anywhere within that first year, it can really happen. And I think what people don't really think about a lot, too, because this is just something that we don't talk about a lot, but people who lose a pregnancy, you know, at 10 oh, weeks yeah. or or like 17 weeks or, you know, these miscarriages or, you know, later miscarriages, stillbirth kind of things. I mean, their hormones do the exact same fluctuations. And then on top of that, they've got all this grief they're dealing with. And so... I mean, their situation can be really bad. And I feel like that they don't really get asked about it because we think postpartum depression is like for a baby, you know? And so, I mean, I try to be really careful in asking those girls or in just letting them know, like, listen, you can have postpartum depression too. Like it is totally normal if you're weepy and sad, not just because you lost a baby, obviously, but because your, your hormones are crazy too. And then dads get forgotten about. I mean, they've got a huge adjustment Mm -hmm. going on in their life too. And they don't have hormones and all that crazy stuff, but they're dealing with a hormonal crazy person. So yes, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. I just can't, I I think for Zach, the shock was more, it wasn't zero to one kid. It was one to two Yeah, Mm -hmm. because with, with when we just had one, I didn't really need him as much. Yeah. You know, and then when we had the second one, I'm like, hello, I can't do all this. <laughs> so then he was like, oh, crap, what? You know? Yeah, yeah, they definitely have to, like, step it up and help more for sure. Uh-huh. And you have to train them to do that. Most of them do not know how to do it on their own. Yeah. So just, if you do not have children yet, just go ahead. Just get ready. They will not. <laughs> Start that training. They will probably, I'm going to say probably, probably not just, like, hop up and do exactly what you need them to do when yeah. you need to do it. I feel like it. most so just get guys ready to are, ask. Like really good at, at doing what you ask them to do, though. Like, yeah. I need you to do this. They're like, oh, okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. we learned that very early in our relationship. Zach's like, if you're expecting something, you're just going to have to tell me you're expecting it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I can handle that. Yeah. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Oh, gosh. And I struggled with postpartum anxiety after my second baby. And I think part of that was he was not as good of a sleeper and I expected him to be. Right. And so I was like a little, I was, I say a little sleep deprived. I was probably a lot sleep deprived. But, um, 
you know those Facebook, like, I think you need to get off social media when you have a baby, really, because all those st- horrible stories that pop up on Facebook and everything, those gave me, like, the most gut-wrenching, horrible anxiety. Like, not, like, I would, he'd be finally asleep and I'd be up. Like, okay, well, he's probably going to ra- manage to unswaddle himself and wrap the blanket around his neck. <laughs> so, um, I did get medicated for that, though, so we're all good there. Yeah. But um, yeah. I didn't realize how crippling it could, because I'm an anxious person anyway so I know I have those tendencies but they were definitely exaggerated with the sleep deprivation and the hormones oh, yeah. so like when I was still like three four when he was three or four and he was he was had a like dairy protein allergy and he was just a jerk as a baby sweet <laughs> sweet angel but like just definitely nothing he could nothing was easy with him right and with my daughter um and she was an easy baby so I just didn't I wasn't I wasn't prepared. I think God does this on purpose. Like he gives you a good one and you're like, I got this. And then the second Mm -hmm. one comes and you're like, what happened? I I literally asked my pediatrician with my daughter if um, baby could sleep too much. Like, like, and they're like, I'll bless you. Yeah, she like so like that's me. cute. Yeah, she like cute. cocked her head a little bit and was like, oh, "I think she's okay." And I'm like, "But what about you know?" I, I told you I was prone to anxiety things. I'm like, "But what if she has some kind of condition where she's lethargic?" <laughs> Y'all, I'm telling you, it's a my brain. It's in overdrive. But anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from there. But I think the the takeaway from that is if you're having any thoughts or issues that you uh, go to your doctor talk yeah about it. tell it somebody like it's not embarrassing like so mm-hmm. many I mean it's like 20 percent 25 percent I mean it's a huge percent of women that have true out postpartum depression like 85 90 percent are gonna have these baby blues and so I mean for us to hear that it's like oh you're normal <laughs> like yes so yes. I mean we are so used and to just that. hearing you're normal just hearing those words like this is okay like yeah. here's where we go from here I mean I'm sure that takes like a huge weight off your shoulders anyway just because all the mom stuff even even if you've had 10 kids I'm sure each one of them's a little different and each one's a little added stress or they, anxiety. they are with four I know I'm up to four <laughs> and uh they are all different for sure yes your poor last one doesn't like to nap that's been your only one that doesn't like to nap, and I just feel I know, so and I'm bad. like, listen, child, I don't know if you know about this family, but you're gonna have to sleep, and that's why I'm not ready for a fifth yet. <laughs> if the rest, they, sleeper, they, they started napping, they sleep through the night. I'm like, I got this. Let's have another one. Yes. <laughs> oh, he's he's uh, work. He's keeping your body healthy. He's giving you a little bit of a longer break. He knows you need it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, so now we're going to ask you some mom questions, Jill, just that we ask all of our guests. So the first one is, what is your biggest mom thing or mom worry? I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is like when I hear y'all ask other people this, I'm always like, I have no idea what my mom thing is. Um, But I was talking to Julia, my nurse. Y'all had her on there, too. Was, yes. Yeah, I was talking to her about this day. I was like, what is my mom thing? And she, I mean, she doesn't know. She sees me at work all the time, not really as a mom. But um, I mean, she hears you she talk, hears me talk sure, about so. it. But I think like my thing, like I do not feel like I can like go to bed at night until I have I'm like psycho about getting everything ready for the next day because I just never know like what's going to happen in the morning. Like if I'm going to get some call and have to like leave the house earlier than I thought. And Mm -hmm. it's not that I like, don't trust that my husband can do it, but like, he's not going to, but we know, but yeah, but he's not (laughs) going to do it like I want it done. And so like for, I mean, this is perfect example today. He did have to end up packing my daughter's lunch this morning because I had a migraine last night. I went to bed early. I did not pack her lunch. He packed her lunch this morning and he put one of my two-year-old's like food pouches, like baby food. Mm. Yeah. In her lunch. She's almost five and she had a baby food pouch in her lunch. So, I mean, whatever. And she wore a sailboat shirt to school today. It has sailboat on it and it's almost Christmas. So, I mean, 
that's the kind of stuff like I have to lay everything like they're all their outfits I have to get all their lunches packed I have to get everything in their backpack like if George needs more diapers to daycare I have to put those in my car I put as much stuff in my car as like my minivan as I can and yeah, girl, minivan. <laughs> yeah and I mean I just have to I don't know I have to have and I also don't like to get up in the morning and so if I can just have to do the least amount of stuff in the morning so I think yes. that's my thing is like getting ready for the next day. I'm a big, like be prepared and then I can handle anything kind of person. So yes, yes. I'm that way. And it helps me sleep better yes. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. okay. So this is, uh, everyone already knows my answer to this cause I talk about it all the time, <laughs> but what is your favorite way to relax at the end of the day? Um, it's usually, this is, none of this is like healthy, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a requirement. Yeah. Um, it usually involves like drinking wine and looking, I follow all these bloggers on Instagram and they blog about mm-hmm. like, you should buy this sweatshirt or oh my gosh. Yes. like fashion bloggers. Yes. And well, cause I don't know how to shop anymore. Cause you I don't just, have don't, to know now though. Right. I mean, like yeah. I don't have time to go to stores and try stuff on and all this. So it's great. Cause they try it on for you. Yep. And they show you what it looks tell like. You all how it fits yeah. and all that. Tell you, yeah, it's yep. true to size or whatever. And size up, size down. Yeah. They, they've got it all covered. So no, I, I love usually it. go through my little blogger girls and watch their videos for the day, see what they've been up to. One of them's pregnant, so I'm always seeing Aww. like what's going on with her. And I mean it's yeah. how the pregnancy's yeah, going. Kind of crazy. But and then um I'll, you know, binge watch some show on Netflix or catch up on this is us or something like oh, that mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. do you cry during this is us I, i'm not a crier really just like really about anything Me- ever so oh my gosh so i bet you thought i was just a weepy disaster then <laughs> i mean no i don't know i mean that's just you i just not... see a lot of people cry yeah no i don't know and i think maybe that's why i just I just don't cry as much as I probably used to cry more. And then now I guess you've just seen so much. I guess I'm just like at the end of the day. You don't have energy or time for it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm out. Like I'm out of tears. Uh, You've seen so many tears (laughs) for the day. Oh gosh. Okay. So what's your best mom hack or mom tip that you would give to a new mom about parenting? (laughs) I mean, I'm still trying to like figure it out myself. So uh, yeah, aren't we? Yeah. Um, I mean, get organized for the you next just day. Get, just get your stuff organized and you can handle it. No, I mean, I feel like you <laughs> have to. It's hard too because, like, I feel like in every phase of my kids' life, I've, I've like, want, like, oh, I can't wait till they're not teething anymore. Oh, I can't wait till they're sleeping through the night. Or, oh, I can't wait till we're out of temper tantrums. And then it's like when they're done. Like, I'm like, oh, Ella's sad. almost five. This is so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess just like it's going to it's going to pass. Just try to enjoy the like little moments that are good because I feel like all those phases come with really sweet little moments in between the temper tantrums or in between whatever. And I guess just try to enjoy those little moments because they're going to be gone and that other stuff's mm-hmm. going to go away anyway. You know? Yeah, right. So, so true. Try to enjoy, enjoy it while you're in it. That's like, I, I talk about my son being awful. All the I time, know, so. but it's, it's like <laughs> really hard to do when you're in it because you're like, this is never going to end. Yes. And I, he's going to cut, no, he, he's a boy. He'll never go back and listen to any of this stuff. So I don't have to worry, but maybe his like future wife will one day, if it still exists out there on the internet. So sorry. Yeah. He's really cute. So much of the time I was talking about this the other day though. His name is Lawson and he calls himself Sawson. Oh, that's really adorable and he sings um a christmas song and just he basically says christmas song and then goes ooh at the end <laughs> so i mean he does some really cute stuff so i need to sit down and think about that because lately he's been driving I me need to sit uh, down and think about that. <laughs> yeah after we get off here I'm, yes i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna look through old videos on my phone and try to be a little more grateful because lately he's been driving Oh, driving me nuts. But well, I feel like also, as a boy, I, they would think that was funny. Even if they did come back and listen to the podcast, they'd be like, that's oh, true. that was awesome, Mom. 
Yeah, I'm not talking smack yeah, about it. You him. called me a jerk. You're <laughs> so cool. <laughs> well, I mean, if the shoe fits. But uh, uh, I've been, my daughter's been homesick the last two days. So I've basically, I've basically been trying to keep him from just murdering her all day because he's an instigator. And so literally, she's like homesick with like 101 fever. And he's like poking her, pulling <laughs> her hair. And I'm like, leave her alone. That and will so be so good for her straight, straight. though. It will uh, be. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so. Because I'm an only <laughs> That's child. true. And I never had to deal with that. And now I work with all boys, like boy doctors oh, all the time. Yeah. And they're always picking mm-hmm. at me. And at first I was like, what, what the heck? Doing? They're so mean. Like, I don't know why they're so mean to me. And then I was like, you it's know what? Love. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're just being like big brothers. It's I'm funny. not great at that either. I, I was, See, I'm an Rachel, only child. Yeah, Rachel's an only child. And I married, Zach is an only child too. And he doesn't understand sibling relationships at all. Like yeah, me and my brother hard. will be mean to each other, you know? And then the next time we see each other, like, hey, what's up? You know? Yeah. Zach's like, what the heck? You know, like he does not get it. Yeah, I don't get, especially the brother-sister picking at stuff, but he, like, yep. literally just won't stop touching her. Has George <laughs> do that with Ella? Oh, yes. George, well, okay. George is definitely the mean one. Like, Ella, okay. Ella is tries to be really sweet to him, but then he'll, like, take some toy out of her hand and whack her over the head with it. And so, Yes, why is that the automatic reaction? Any toy <laughs> he takes from her, he throws at her. And I'm like, wait, didn't you want that? Like, what was yeah. what was the goal there? And then she goes from, like, I'm a really sweet, like, princessy type little girl to, like, whoa, I know you just didn't hit me over the head. And, like, oh. <laughs> grabbing him by the shoulders and, like, you better stop it. <laughs> little mama yeah. uh lawson she took adeline told lawson today she was like if you were my son i'd ground you and i'm like oh okay that helped <laughs> good luck with that go ahead girl ground him <laughs> oh i don't even know where she got that word i don't even think she knows what it means but she was serious uh, well thank you so much jill for coming on today we really appreciate it we think you will have helped our listeners a ton gave us some great information well good good yeah have to do it and if you yeah thank you so much and if you guys are in the central arkansas area and you're looking for an OBGYN, we recommend dr jennings for sure she's fabulous yeah. the women's clinic we can link your don't yeah. you have a website oh yeah you're on it actually your picture's on it oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah famous oh, yeah. well <laughs> screenshot that too for all you guys to see <laughs> oh that's funny well, well i guess i'll see you for number five okay sounds good <laughs> count down the days <laughs> We'll start planning that delivery now. Yeah, let's can we get it, get it on the book? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that's funny. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can visit our website at survivingmotherhoodpodcast.com or our Instagram at survivingmotherhoodpodcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and good luck surviving motherhood. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.